Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hello and welcome to another Arcade Attack podcast. I'm your host Keith and I'm joined by, as ever, Adrian. Part of the furniture. Part of the furniture, he's the <laughs> You couch. have to say that as well. <laughs> yeah. every episode. You literally haven't it's missed a phrase. single one, including all of the interviews. Yeah? No, I don't think I have actually. <laughs> so how many is that? What number are we on now? Oh, 170 something? 190, I think. Oh God, we need to get someone for our 200th. <laughs> Someone, ring no, don't say the name. It's not been confirmed yet. <laughs> Someone ring around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob. Hello. And Dylan. Hello. I think I've only missed about three. And obviously the interviews. So yeah. you didn't bad. miss many, considering like you had a break to have a baby. Yeah. I don't think Dylan's having the baby. That's much. Oh uh, well, you <laughs> Is know. Is that not how it works? So I've had a few food babies, but yeah, I haven't had like an extra baby. Yeah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Bring down the tone, adult themes. Lower the tone. Lower adult the tone. themes. So anyway, we've never claimed to be a panel of experts. Oh, what? Fair to we, say. A we do this of... all the time. We, we know everything and nothing we say okay. is wrong. Okay, Dylan claims to be a, a, a panel of experts. <laughs> Single like, panel. Can you imagine? We are the opposite of uh, experts. When it comes. We, we get things wrong all the time. We pronounce names. If we don't pronounce a name wrong each podcast, we've, we've made a mistake, basically. Our pronunciation is bad on most words. It's borderline <laughs> offensive. I, bet it's, I never mean to offend. That's true. Uh, it's, yeah. it's done in a friendly way. We never I, mean our offence. No. I feel like we're the planeteers where we we aren't really that much individually, but when we, our powers our, combined. When, we our, when we combine our powers, we together know most things. Yeah, we mean well, but we're naive, naive aren't we? Naive. 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 We are naive. <laughs> You see, I see the rest of us could tell you that's how it works. The only thing we need is um, the only thing we need is a fifth character who who has a heart. We don't have a heart yeah, between none us. Of us. Has one of those. I mean, like that. Let's be honest. That fifth character is pretty useless most of the time. Come on, you need heart. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as like, a metaphor, there is a really dystopian. Captain Planet episode where sorry Keith this you, is a massive tangent before we even <laughs> mention what we're talking about but go for it bro. there is this, this dystopian Captain Planet episode where they like um, I think the annoying like redheaded American one everyone hates mm. like goes I don't want, need this ring I never asked to be a planeteer and he throws it away and then um he like goes to Christmas kind of past whatever he what? Go, well it's like <laughs> the go, past. is it like you know the Christmas Carol like yes, it's the future do, yeah. okay. and um what happens? Like, oh, there are no planet, there are no planeteers because you went back in the past to tell your past self not to like have the ring. And like, basically, the world looks like it will in ten years today. <laughs> like, <laughs> all, everything, everything is like disasters and uh, destroyed. And like, the kid who has the heart ring is like kind of a, a beggar in like South America and like kind of Latin America. He's and like he uses his ring to get people to like give him a few pennies. It's like, oh. You, that's what the ring does. <laughs> that's oh. what you use it for. Gives a few pennies. Oh, fair enough. Plus, like, I'm another tangent, but remember, I, I, wise words, Rocky Balboa, right? Rocky. Mm. Can't get through a single episode. I would argue Adrian Balboa. Can't even start an episode. Adrian Balboa is even wiser because in Rocky Five, 
when Rocky was had a bit of a breakdown and Tommy Gunn rushed off in the car. You know, you know the scene. And he's like, you can train me if you want or don't train me. It doesn't matter. And he just zoomed off and Rocky breaks it at a breakdown and, and Angel's like, you know, you, you beat the people with heart, not muscle, with heart. Tommy doesn't have your heart. So heart is the most important thing. There you go. I'm pretty sure lots of people have heart, but they couldn't. That's not enough for them to be champ, like boxing heavyweight champion of the world. It's enough for Rocky. So going back to what we dragged Keith here for today, Keith, Keith stop very, interrupting. What even <laughs> happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Keith, stop interrupting us. Rocky and Captain Black. Oh, I was making the point that we're not experts. Oh, uh, I think that, we've just proved that. Got that. Us onto Captain Planet and then Yes, we've definitely proved that. Okay. Um, And we normally discuss things based on our own memories and Mm. personal histories with certain games and certain Mm. consoles and computers so that we can talk with at least a bit of experience. Yeah. Um, And there's also a lot of like common knowledge out there regarding the more well-known games and systems and things like that. So we can talk about Sega and Nintendo Mm. and Sony until the cows come home. Yeah. Um, But today... When do the cows come home? Um... Late? Finished work, I suppose. Okay. Mm. After school. I was trying to prompt Adrian to another tangent the there, but he didn't. Uh, I mean, surely the cows are just always in the same field. They're not yeah, like Yeah, they're already home. That's, that's so blown everyone's mind. The question is, where, where do they go? Ah, the question is like... For them to come home. Where did that saying come from? Mm. It doesn't make sense. It why, makes most sense. We've, we've blown another thing wide why, open. Why do cows wear horns? Oh... In the joke. <laughs> why, why do cows wear bells? Because they've got no because horns. Their horns don't work. Their horns don't work. <laughs> oh. Stop being so naive, Adrian. Um, naive. Adrian is so it's, naive. Keith is pronounced naive. Did he? Did you even say that joke with the microphone to your face? I, I did, I think. But it's, it's, okay, it's, okay. I shouldn't have done it. It was rubbish. <laughs> right. I got it all wrong. Okay. Uh, today, however. We're going to take a look at a system that I think I'm right in saying that none of us have any first-hand experience of. Most of us can't even spell it. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I had to Google it. I don't spell this We're thing. looking at the PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics 16. Graphics. Um, graphics. Um, it's a system that's been something of an enigma to me, and it's one I've always wanted to try. Um, as recently as last year, I was considering actually going out and buying a Japanese PC engine. Um, however, in the summer of 2019, Konami announced that they were going to be releasing a PC engine and Turbo Graphics Mini. So I decided to take the easy way out. Rocky reference for you, eh? There you go. Ugh, no more. <laughs> there is no easy way out. <laughs> Thank you. And pre-order one of those. So, um, following a COVID-induced delay, it was originally due for release. In Do you know what I thought you were going to say? A COVID-induced in, COVID induced coma. Coma. <laughs> coma. Yeah, it felt like one. Um, the, as the, it was originally uh, due for release in March, I finally received the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini, to give it its catchy title, Thanks. in early June. Um, I'm going to attempt to clear up all the naming confusion in a minute. Um, I'll talk about the Mini itself as well. And... Um, I felt that now that I've got it and played a few of the games, what better time for us to get educated about the history of the original Let's system. Let's educate ourselves. Uh, yeah, um, about the history of the original system in all its baffling incarnations. Mm. Are you ready? Yes. yes. As you must see, mate. Okay. The TurboGrafx-16, known in Japan and France as the PC Engine, is a cartridge-based home video game console manufactured and marketed by NEC Home Electronics and designed by Hudson Soft. It was released in Japan on October 30th, 1987, and in the United States on August 29th, 1989, retailing at around $199. Mm. 
The Japanese model was imported and distributed in France in 89, and in 1990, the United Kingdom and Spain received a version based on the American model known as simply TurboGrafx. It was the first console released in the 16-bit era, although it used a modified 8-bit CPU. In Japan, it was launched as a competitor to the Famicom, but the delayed United States release meant that it ended up competing with the Sega Genesis and later the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, because I was going to say, I wasn't aware it even came out in the West. I always mm. assumed PC Engine was like this Japanese thing that was only available on import. Yeah, it was. It, well, the PC Engine <laughs> was, but the Turbo Graphics was the Western version. But I'd never heard of the Turbo Graphics. I'd only mm. heard of the PC Engine. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, Turbo Graphics, that's what we got over here. But they didn't do a great I job in promoting it or I certainly anything, didn't know yeah. anyone who had one. I well, don't they, really remember them. Well, they identical pub- apart from the name then, or was it? No. Oh, okay. But we'll, we'll come to all that. We'll cover all that. Um, but yeah, I don't remember even them being covered. Probably like Rob, I remember mention of the PC Engine in some of the magazines, mm. but I don't really remember any coverage of the Turbo Graphics, which was available here. You know? Yeah, they just pick some random PC Engine games, review them, and then we're like, what's a PC Engine? <laughs> Where can I get one? I was so dumb. No one knows. I, I was so dumb, because obviously I like PC. I was a PC gamer. I, was like, I thought it was yeah. a computer thing. So did I. Well, you would. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> you yeah. would. I had some weird ideas. Like you just connect it to a PC. I thought, what is this thing? I think an engine. I assume it's you, an engine for your PC. <laughs> for your PC. <laughs> I can add on to your PC. <clears throat> I mean, I'm an idiot, but there you go. What do I know? Well, if you thought there are a lot of different versions of the 3DO, which there was... Um, there are at least three I can think of. Yeah. There were at least 17 distinct models of the TurboGrafx-16, oh, including portable versions and those that integrated the CD-ROM oh, add-on. Oh, yeah, the portable ones. So oh. we'll look at those later on. Um, sales. Or 17. Oh, oh yeah. More. <laughs> keep, oh, Keith. keep the coffee and the energy drinks handy. I got um, a Coke. It's all right. I'll skim. I'll skim. Um, sales worldwide. How many do you think? Consider so. This, so this will include TurboGrafx PC Engine. Just give me a ballpark. I think it was quite successful in Japan, worldwide. Well, I'll give, yeah, I'll I'm give just, you the I'm Japan figure in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say t- 25 million. I was going to say the exact same thing. Really enough, I think it was like most in Japan, almost non-existent elsewhere. But I'm pretty sure it was big in Japan. I was going to uh, go big 10. in Japan. Oh. Yeah. 25 million and one. Is that your answer, then, Rob? <laughs> Now, you should do the one and one because you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. For 40 million and one, and one, one penny. penny. <laughs> well, I admire your optimism. Um, deal was closest. Worldwide sales of 5.8 million. Oh, wow. World of World. which 3.9 million were in Japan. Whoa, which tells whoa. you just how minimal the impact was wow. elsewhere. Yeah, it really we did have, not have a worldwide impact. Like, mm. Do we have similar figures for the competitors in Japan? Um. Not right now, be. but I mean, comparative. I mean, even if you take the Mega a, Drive, so th- sold thirty million worldwide. Yeah, even if you take a, a, a failure like the Dreamcast or the nine Saturn, million, nine, 10, ten million. million. So mm. it was, yeah, that's bad. You actually we'll, come to think of a twenty-five million. We've got egg on our face. Optimistic. Yeah, we've got egg on our face. Egg on your collective face. <laughs> Yeah. So, the important thing is, you said 25 million and one, so you were further away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you came last. You I've came got the last. biggest egg in my face. I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the TurboGrafx slash PC Engine was a collaborative effort between Hudson Soft, who created video game software, and NEC, a company which at the time was dominant in the Japanese PC market with their PC88 and PC98 platforms. Uh, NEC were looking to enter the console market but lacked the necessary experience in the industry so approached numerous video game studios for support. 
By pure coincidence, NEC's interest in entering the lucrative video game market coincided with Hudson's failed attempt to sell designs for then-advanced graphics chips to... Sega? No. Nintendo? Nintendo. Yes. Atari? No. <laughs> um, yeah, they, fa- they were trying to sell um, graphics chips to Nintendo. That didn't work out. Don't know why. Um, but the, So NEC and Hudson Soft got together um, to develop a new system. Um, it's a tiny thing. I've got the Core Graphics Mini for comparison here, um, just to show the guys. The dimensions of the original console were 14 centimeters by 14 centimeters, hmm. uh, which makes it very, very slightly bigger than this. And it fits pretty much in the palm of your hand. <laughs> Can you imagine if that. it was scaled down by the same percentage as a, like the SNES <laughs> Mini? It'd be, it'd be like the stack key ring. Yeah. Yeah, it would be tiny. Yeah. Um, Oh, I've just lost my space. Hold on. Yeah, so the Japanese PC Engine is the smallest major home game console ever made. There you go. I love it. For com- so yeah, they they to- whopped it way big for the Turbo Graphics. They did. They did. <laughs> um, so its diminutive size was due to an efficient free chip architecture and its use of small ROM cartridges called Hue cards. Hue cards. Which I imagine Ho- you guys Hoats have all seen. and soft cards. Hue. Hue cards. Hue card. Yeah, Hue card Tuesday. Soft. H-U cards. Hue card Tuesdays? Hue cards. Yeah, Hukar Tuesdays. Hukar Tuesdays on Twitter. Thing, Twitter. Hukar yeah. Tuesdays. Um, and they're, they're kind of like the um, the cards that must, some must system must, Oh, in. yeah. Yeah. Lovely little things to look at. So, yeah, known as Hue cards in Japan. I quite like this. In America, they were known as Turbo Chips. <gasps> Ooh, Turbo, turbo chips. chips. Oh, they've got to make a crisp <laughs> out there called Turbo, turbo chips. chips. For my Turbo Graphics. It sounds like, uh, you know, those companies, is it microchips? You've been in the microwave. <laughs> Imagine. Let's think of a new brand of chips. <laughs> turbo <laughs> Chips. Turbo <laughs> Chips. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, Hudson Soft developed the Hue card technology from the B card technology it piloted on the MSX home computer. Ah, the MSX. Um, that, the and card, that's something else that no one had. MSX? No. That was a Japanese only thing that was Yes, no, none of us have, would have ever had them. First Metal Gear game was on there. Yes, it was. Um, Hue cards, they're about the size of a credit card but slightly thicker. Um, and they're very similar to the MyCard format utilized for certain games released on the SG, Sega SG-1000 and the mm-hmm. Mark III slash Master System. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea. You know the famous scene in uh, American Psycho when they're, they're showing off the business, business cards? cards. Yeah. Someone should recreate those with the Turbo With Hue cards and turbo, Sega cards. With the Turbo Chips. With, 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 turbo what would chips. be the winning one? What would be the... Uh, this, you know... Oh, Turbo Chips. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I try and ignore the film's existence. Oh, let's not go on the American Psycho whoa, tangent. Whoa, whoa, stop, stop, whoa, stop. whoa. Rob hates American Psycho. That's whoa. it. No, right. the book done. was really good. I just think it was whoa. a bad the film, Yeah, he hates the film version. Okay, bye. <laughs> Who talks about this? Wheels of Attraction's the far superior Brett Easton Ellis adaptation. Welcome to the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Yes, this definitely is. This, this. Anyway, we'll get like, on to that in a future episode. They, yes. they're, they're like business cards can move on. Yes, they're like business, business, cards, like business cards with games on, yeah. Um, the largest Hue card games are up to 20 megabits in size. Um, all PC Engine consoles can play them, including the PC Engine Super Graphics, which has its own very small library of exclusive Hue cards. With the exception of the budget-priced PC Engine Shuttle, the portable PC Engine DT, and the PC KD863G monitor, every PC Engine console is also capable of playing CD-ROM discs. You're provi- getting through them. Provided the console is equipped with the required CD-ROM drive. It had a CD-ROM drive. <laughs> yeah. Mad, isn't it? Oh, we'll come to that as well. Um, it, the console CPU, this is for the tech geeks now, is a Hudson Soft Hue C6280 8-bit microprocessor 
operating at 1.79 megahertz. Ooh. There you go. That's fast for <laughs> That's them. Like back to the I have fast. no idea what that means. <laughs> gigahertz. Let's pick out some more. Well, chips from the gigahertz now, so maybe it was. <laughs> its 16-bit graphics processor and video color encoder chip were also developed by Hudson Soft. It holds eight kilobytes of work RAM and 64 kilobytes of video RAM. Oh, I mean, that is some video <laughs> RAM. <laughs> um, the console only came with a single controller port. Like uh, that's a joke. Like the 3DO, um, which meant you needed the TurboTap add-on for multiplayer you needed, games. Needed, and they're just so silly, you know. The at least the thing. At least the thing. He had the daisy chaining. <laughs> it did. Yeah. The 3DO. That was your Turbo Man. Turbo ta- I, it's Turbo Time. It's Turbo Tap time. <laughs> Although, having said that, I mean, this came out in 1987. How many like big multiplayer games were there at that point? Meh. That is true. Yeah, that is true. But still, having to buy the, the, the and the two-player the games tap. you play can you play. Consecutively, wouldn't you? Yeah, you take someone turns. does a level, then the next guy does a level. Yeah, yeah. Um, the control itself was pretty standard for the time. Um, it had a circular D-pad, select and run or start button, and two face buttons, which were labelled one and two instead of A and B, just to be different. like a master system. Just to be different. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we briefly touched on the fact that there was a CD-ROM add-on, um, and this was actually quite important as a large chunk of its library came on CD-ROM squared, isn't it? Ah, now I. Th- I'm not sure if this was a joke because it's written as CD-ROM squared. Now, these are my notes taken possibly from Wikipedia. <laughs> like we would ever the do CD-ROM that. CD-ROM squared pronounced CD-ROM-ROM. 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 It's a CD-ROM-ROM. We do the ROM-ROM. It is an add You do ROM-ROM-ROM. You do ROM-ROM. <laughs> you do the ROM-ROM. <laughs> the CD-ROM-ROM. Uh, yeah, it was an add-on attachment for the PC Engine released in Japan in December 1988. It allows the core versions of the console to play PC Engine games in CD-ROM format, in addition to standard Hue cards. This made the PC Engine the first console, video game console to use CD-ROMs as a storage media. The add-on consisted of two devices, the CD player itself and the interface unit, which connected the CD player to the console and provides a unified power supply and output for both. It was released as the TurboGrafx CD in the United States in November 1989. Um, it had a launch price of $399 oh. and did not include any bundled games. Oh. So you've got your brand new CD-ROM for your TurboGrafx and no games to play on. Oh, man. You know All for $400. Speaking of CD-ROM, like um, a few months back before uh, the, the, the badness came... Um, I was doing a, a pub quiz. I can't remember whether I actually talked about this at the time. Probably not. But um, I was doing a pub quiz, and one of the questions was, "What was the first console to have like that was CD?" Ah, oh. oh, you told me they got their answer for this wrong, didn't they? Yeah, like I believe the answer was. Did they say PlayStation? They said PlayStation. I was like. It's so, mega, I was like, it's Mega CD, but I'm pretty sure even the Mega CD wasn't the, the first. So I actually had to ask, like, are we including stuff that, yeah, are we including like stuff that was connected to that or does mm. it have to be that's mm. the yeah, base? Yeah, because this predates thing. everything. So. And I like, just looked at me and went, the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I makes mean, us right. They're technically sort of right. It was the one that was a CD ROM from the, the start. It was a CD yeah. ROM only thing. Everything before that, it was a t- they were an attachments add-on, or add-ons. So they were sort of right. Let them off with it. The Mega CD was its own console, pretty but much. But it needed a Mega Drive. Oh yeah, to definitely work need a Mega Drive. Like, yeah, yeah, the guy was just thinking the answer's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> the secret <laughs> ing- it's, it, the world is your oyster. You believe what you want. You the have sec- the point. The secret ingredients, whatever you want. <laughs> Slurm joke. Sorry, Ricky. Slurm. So the Super CD ROM. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. 
Rom-Rom. In, ni- no, wait. in 1991, NEC introduced an upgraded version of the CD-ROM-ROM system <laughs> known as the Super CD-ROM-ROM. Or was it called the Super Super CD-ROM-ROM? No, just the Super CD-ROM-ROM. That would be silly. <laughs> that would be Why silly being to silly, say Super Twice. Um, this upgrade was released in several forms. The first was the PC Engine Duo. The names. The names. I know. You're doing it. You're getting from. Um, that was a new model of the console with a CD-ROM driver and upgraded BIOS RAM built into the system. This was followed by the Super System card, an upgrade for the existing CD-ROM-ROM that serves as a replacement to the original system card. PC engine the owners, system card card. PC engine owners who did not already own the original CD-ROM-ROM could instead opt for the Super CD-ROM-ROM, which <laughs> combines... Can I call it CD-ROM squared? <laughs> which combines the CD-ROM drive interface unit and Super System card into one device. Oh, God. Right. Okay, you okay? Take a you point. lost it's me a 10 minutes ago, mate. That's so confusing. I lost... Well... Is it called a PC Engine engine now? No. Oh, okay. It's just PC Engine with a Super CD-ROM-ROM. And a Super Super CD-ROM-ROM yeah. and a PC, PC Engine. No, right. that the Super Super <coughs> CD-ROM-ROM never existed. Ah, thanks. Okay. I'm going to try and fly through these, right? So if you haven't fallen asleep yet, we're now going to go through the various models... Oh, you've okay. said them all, haven't no. you, at some point? No, that was like the basic. That basic was a bit stuff. Stiller, mate. All right, you ready? Go on. Go. Okay, so the PC Engine Core Graphics, which is the one that the Mini that the I've mini, got that they yep. released over here is based on, mm-hmm. is an updated model of the PC Engine. So this was released in 1989. It has the same form factor as the original PC Engine, but it changes the color scheme from white and red to black and blue. Lovely. And beautiful. replaces the original's RF connectors with an AV port. Upgrade. Um, a recolored version of the model known as the PC Engine Core Graphics 2 was released in 1991. Um, aside from the different coloring, it's nearly identical to the original Core Graphics, except it had a different CPU. It's interesting they went from like NES colors to Master System colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. That is interesting. The PC Engine Super Graphics, released on the same day as the Core Graphics in Japan, is an enhanced variation of the PC Engine hardware with updated specs. This model has a second, uh, oh, I've got, no, I'm not reading that. No. I've got yeah. all the technical skip. numbers and yeah, things. No, we skip, skip, skip that. Um, it's got basically, it's got different processors that combines the output of the two video display controllers, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Four times as much RAM, twice as much video RAM and a second plane of scrolling. Oh, um, like more scrolling. Uh, the new CPU, but the sound and color palette were not upgraded, making the expensive price tag of 39,800 yen which was £299, a Ooh. big disadvantage to the system. As a result, only five exclusive Super Graphics games and <gasps> two hybrid games, Darius Plus and Darius Alpha, were released as standard Hue cards. So, yeah, I've seen this before on YouTube videos. It's It's got, again, like we talked about the 32X and things with all the... Uh. Jaguar CD. No, They've got some li- what's the uh, What's the library of the Jaguar CD? Uh, uh, 12, 10? 11, 13. Yeah, this had five. Five yeah, games. Well, there you go. That's for a free hun- that. Jackson's got almost well, more than double for a three hundred pound yeah. console. I mean, a bad investment then, but a good investment now. I'm guessing. I would imagine so. Yeah. How much do those games go for now? Well, those five. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the consoles themselves must because I can't imagine they those, sold those many. five are not on your mini, or are they? No, I don't think they are. Mm. I don't think they are. Yeah, there is a Darius version on there, but I don't know if it would be that one. <laughs> The PC Engine LT is a model of the console in a laptop form. Released in December 1991 in Japan, it retailed at 99,800 yen, which was £750. The LT does not require a television display as it has a built-in flip-up screen and speakers, just like a laptop would have. 
Um, its expensive price meant that few units were produced compared to other models. It has full expansion capability, so the CD-ROM ROM is compatible, but you'd have to buy it all separately, so as well as the £750. doesn't even have your CD-ROM ROM in it. Again, I can't imagine what they're like now for collectors. Could it do PC stuff as well, or does it not say? No, it was no, just it was just, just a PC a engine in laptop type. form. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There were some Hue card only models, such as the PC Engine Shuttle. This was released as a less expensive model, retailing at £140. That's better. Yeah. yeah. It was targeted primarily towards younger players with its spaceship-like design and came bundled with a TurboPad 2 controller, which is shaped differently than the other standard controllers. Um, the reduced price was made possible by slimming down the expansion port, making it the first model of the console that was not compatible with the CD-ROM-ROM. Oh. Um, PC Engine GT, anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Grand Tourer? No, it's not for that. <laughs> um, yeah. This is a portable version of the PC Engine, released in 1990, and then in the United States as the Turbo Express. <laughs> it can only play Hue Card games as a backlit mate, dot matrix color LCD screen, the most advanced on the market for a portable video game unit at the time. See, it, they, it sounds like they were trying to do so much all at once. Yeah. You know, first they... CD-ROM add-on. Most they advanced, really over-egged the pudding yeah, with this, didn't they? Yeah, most advanced handheld screen, laptop versions, which is crazy. And now, see, um, if you over-egg a pudding, it will taste too eggy. Too much egg. Well, that's the thing. I thought I had egg in my you face. You had egg on your face. You had egg in your face. And now you've got too much egg in the pudding. <laughs> so there's yeah. sense with that, that saying. <laughs> a bit more sense. The cows have never left their home. Anyway, carry on. Like the old Game Gear, it had a TV tuner adapter as well. Oh, God. So, there you go. Again, all of that is completely redundant now. <laughs> all right, here's one you may have heard of. The Turbo Duo. Turbo Duo. Duo. Um, they later released the Turbo Duo, which combined the Turbo Graphics CD and Turbo Graphics 16 into one unit. Um, it was released in Japan in 1991. Uh, it could play Hue cards, audio CDs, CD-ROM-ROM games, and Super CD-ROM-ROM games. The North American version, the Turbo Duo, was released in 1992. Um, the American version was originally bundled with one controller and, and the games EaseBook 1 and 2. RPGs, no, quite popular in Japan. Um, I mean, that could be of ease, don't they? A bit of ease. Yeah. Um, and a super CD rom-rom, including Bonk's Adventure, Bonk's Revenge, Gate of Thunder, and a secret version of Bomberman, accessible via a cheat code. Ah, the system is also packaged with one random Hue card game, which varied from system to system. What? I quite like that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like job? Ra- yeah. You're hired to put You're a random... random Hue card picker. Oh! Well, that'd be quite fun. <laughs> I would choose this card and put it in that box. I would choose this card. Oh, I wonder if this would go... <laughs> yeah. Two, oh, up, two updated variants of this were released in Japan. The PC Engine Duo R in 1993 and the PC Engine Duo RX in 1994. These changes were mostly cosmetic, but the RX included a new six-button controller. But again, new models just for different colors. I mean, it's just and the six-button controller just crazy. for Street Fighter Two, and it only sold five point nine million. I, <laughs> no, I with all these variants, I just don't get it, Rob. <laughs> there were third-party models um, not produced by NEC. The PC KD eight six three G is a CRT monitor with a built-in <gasps> PC engine oh, console. The, yes, released in nineteen eighty-eight. For 138,000 yen, which was around a thousand pounds. That's a bit much. Um, they had a similar one for the Mega Drive, didn't they? I think. They did well, no, s- that was the, the SNES thing. Was oh, it SNES? T- and they also had a famous Mega Drive PC. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, the Mega Drive yeah. PC, the Amstrad. Mega PC. Mega, P- Mega oh, PC. I love these crazy hybrids. Mega PC. That's mad, isn't it? You got like a Mega Drive in that your PC. That was an Amstrad, wasn't it? That was an Amstrad. Yeah, it was an Amstrad, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was designed to eliminate the need to well, buy a separate, mad crap that a separate are TV set and a console. Um, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> Imagine the TV breaks, though. Yeah, sorry, your console's dead console's as well. Dead, yep. <laughs> There's a Famicom box. Do you remember those? Well, it's mad crap. Oh, I love it. Oh, Super Famicom Oh, uh, and box. also the, do you remember the uh, GameCube that was also a CD player? Do you remember that? The famous one. I, I can't remember oh, the company. Oh, yes, the shiny The Panasonic. Oh, oh, is it Panasonic? Which is it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's like shiny silver. Oh, yeah, that's but nice. But it was good, though, because the GameCube obviously couldn't, you couldn't get any DVDs or any stuff in it. But they just went, no, we'll do it. We'll take yeah, your really, GameCube. I love one of them. And we'll upgrade yeah. it. Oh, I love it. I like love those. It. Um, sadly, if you shelled out a thousand pounds for one of those with the TV, it wasn't compatible with the CD ROM ROM. Like, with the, got the, <laughs> the super, super CD ROM ROM in there. The X1 Twin, which sounds like a plane, was the first licensed <laughs> PC Engine compatible hardware manufactured by a third party company released by Sharp in mm. April 1989 for around 750 pounds. This is just too much so money, that, man. Yeah. Uh, right. And there's another one. Again, you will have heard of this. Pioneer Laser Active. Yeah, the Pioneer Laser Active. Was that PC Engine? Pioneer Corporation's Laser Active supports an add-on module which allows the use of PC Engine games. Ooh. That is ridiculous. Cue card, CD-ROM-ROM and Super CD-ROM-ROM, as well as new LD-ROM-ROM titles <laughs> that work only on this device. Egan's so always fixing only, those. They must be really breaking those Pioneer Laser yeah. Active. So not only were there 17 different versions of the console, there were four different versions of the games. <laughs> is there anyone in this crazy world that owns all of these versions? I, I have no idea. Is there a multi-millionaire? Because they'd have to, you have to be to order. Like, NEC all also released their own version of the Laser Active. Ugh. Under license. NEC, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. A total of 11 LD ROM ROM titles were produced with only three of them released in North oh, America. For the love of God. Oh, okay. Other foreign markets, outside North America and Japan, the TurboGrafx-16 was released in South Korea by a third company, a third party company, Hitai, under the name Vistar 16. I've definitely never heard of that. A Vistar 16? Mm. I, want, I want a Vistar 16. It was based on the right American now. version, but with a new curved design. Ooh, sleek. <laughs> sleek. Sleek for them Koreans. <laughs> Dayu Electronics distributed the PC Engine shuttle into the South Korean market as well. Um, the PC Engine was never officially released in continental Europe, but some companies imported them and made SCART conversions. Um, in France, there was a company called Sodipeng that imported Japanese systems and added an RGB cable. This mod improved the original video quality and made the consoles work with French Seacam tellies. Um, in Japan, uh, in Japan, in Germany, several importers sold converted PC engines with PAL, RF, and RGB output. The latter, uh, the connectors and pinouts used for the latter were frequently compatible with the Amiga video port, with two unconnected pins used for the audio channels. Ah. There you go. That was all, that, so that's all of them. So you can see the confusion when someone says PC Engine Turbo Graphics, that they're like, well, which one do you mean? Which one do you mean? One because do you I mean? have, which one is the CRT possibly? that's not, I can't yeah. have a super CD CD ROM, but I can just build it in. Yes. Um, so there's all the millions and millions of versions. Um, the PC Engine, the original PC Engine, so it made its debut in in the Japanese market in 1987, and it was a massive success. Um, so it's it's one of these little boxes, but white. The original. They're one. beautiful. I, I yeah. love one. Yeah. Um, it had quite an elegant design, um, and it was obviously tiny compared to all its rivals. Um, and it had quite a strong software lineup to start with, and third party support from high profile developers such as Namco and Konami. And it actually gave NEC a temporary lead in the Japanese console market, briefly, against Nintendo. Um, in 1988, NEC decided to expand into America. Um, and so they directed its US operations to develop the system for a new audience. 
NEC Technologies boss Keith Schaefer formed a team to test the system. Um, and this is very American. They found there was a lack of enthusiasm in the name PC Engine, and they also felt its small size was not very suitable to American consumers. Yeah, just so like cars. They just made it big for no too small. reason. Why is it so small? Why is it it's too small it and it's not a PC engine <laughs> and we need to just make it hollow, basically. Yeah. They gave it a hollow box, didn't they? And call it a turbographics. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, TurboGrafx-16 is massive compared to this thing. But also... It's like, got the same it, crap in it. Yep. It's interesting because I think there's also a, but it's a bigger. perception <laughs> in American culture that Japanese people like really small things. Like, um... Yeah, like sushi. <laughs> Sorry. Like sushi. I'm laughing. I'm laughing and at something entirely unrelated. I, I and I rice. Know, I think I know what you're laughing at. But. Rice is very small. Rice is small and burgers can be massive. Burgers are bigger than rice. I just See, like this the, is why people listen to us. Logic. Like the, logic. Just like the kawaii, small, cute aesthetic, I think. Yeah. Yes. So, Keith, are you telling me NEC really put their neck on the line with the turbo graphics design? Oh. <laughs> oh, I liked it. I was waiting for everyone else to laugh Oh. No, that that wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Oh. Was it? Yeah. But seriously, what are they doing with the turbo graphics and just making it a big hollow box? Well, they on. felt America. Yeah, so they felt the small size wasn't very suitable for American consumers who would generally prefer a larger and futuristic design. Yeah. They decided to call the system the Turbo Graphics 16, a name representing its graphical speed and strength and its 16-bit GPU. They also completely redesigned the hardware into a large black casing. This lengthy redesign process and NEC's questions about the system's viability in the US delayed the TurboGrafx-16's debut. Um, the TurboGrafx-16 was eventually released in the New York City and Los Angeles test markets in August 1989. Um, what else? Was Two launched? years is a long time yeah. in the old video game. Was that Mega Drive? There you go. I was just about to mm. say. Disastrously for NEC, this was two weeks after Sega of America oh. released the true 16-bit Genesis to test markets. Unlike NEC, Sega didn't waste time redesigning the original Japanese Mega Drive system. Nope. Sega quickly eclipsed the TurboGrafx-16 after its American debut. NEC's decision to pack in Keith Courage in Alpha Zones. Nice! A, a, a Hudson Soft game unknown to Western gamers proved costly as Sega packed in a port of the hit arcade title... Altered, Altered Beast. Be- no, Keith Curry all day long. Keith Curry. <laughs> Keith Curry. Curry. Keith Curry. <laughs> Keith Curry in Vindaloo's. Oh, yeah, because yeah, because Altered Beast is so amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. So At least mem- people knew what it was. I know, so yeah, memorable true. people forgot the name in 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care. It's a video game with a title character called Keith in it, so it's fine. Um, NEC's American operations in Chicago were also overhyped about its potential and quickly produced 750,000 units, which was far above actual demand. This was very profitable for Hudson Soft as NEC paid Hudson Soft royalties for every console produced, whether it's sold or not. Oh, that's harsh. What are they thinking? <laughs> they were like, oh, so we'll Hudson Soft were loving it. I, I think, we'll I, think I can communicate what they were thinking in one word, and that word is ka-ching. ka-ching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, Hudson, Hudson yeah, Soft. Yeah, so Hudson Soft did very well at that. Um, by 1990, it was clear that the system was performing very poorly and severely edged out by Nintendo and Sega's marketing, mm. which we can attest to because we had never heard of it. Nope. Mm. Yeah. Um, after seeing the TurboGrafx-16 suffer in America, NEC decided to cancel their European releases. Units for the European markets were already produced, which were essentially US models modified to run on PAL TVs and branded simply as TurboGrafx. NEC sold this stock to distributors. In the United Kingdom, Telegames released the TurboGrafx. 
Nope, never heard of it. Lots of shrugs. Um, so it was released over here under license in 1990. Oh, Teddy Games! No, it's <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me then. Um, the model, this model was also released in Spain and Portugal, Portugal, Portugal through selected retailers. Um, from November 1989 to 1993, PC Engine consoles as well as some of its add-ons were imported from Japan by a uh, French licensed importer, Sodipin. This came after considerable enthusiasm in the French press. PC Engine was largely available in France through major retailers. So it's weird. It's a kind of word of mouth through French gaming media generated a buzz and you could actually go and buy it in major shops in France. Oh. Like we just never happened to it. Um, it even came with French language instructions. Its launch price was, uh, this means nothing to me, uh, 1,790 francs. I don't know <laughs> oh. how, that much, how much that would have been in the early 90s. <laughs> this is, the last Go time on. I used francs, Go on. the last time I used francs, it was 10 to a pound. <laughs> Do the math. Do, Do the, the math. math. It's about 180 quid. Oh. Oh, that sounds about right. There you go. There you go. Hold on. Quick maths. <laughs> Quick maths. <laughs> <laughs> um, by March 1991, NEC claimed it had sold uh, 750,000 TurboGrafx-16 consoles in the US and 500,000 CD-ROM units worldwide. Oh, God. <laughs> However, neither CD-based console would catch on and the North American console gaming market continued to be dominated by the SNES and Genesis. In May 94, Turbo Technologies announced that it was dropping support for the Duo although it would continue to offer repairs for existing units and provide ongoing software release through independent companies. The final license release for the PC Engine, uh, this is interesting, the final license release for the PC Engine was Dead of the Brain, Part 1 and 2. Um, Do you like to guess when the last official PC Engine game was released? Ofi- official. 94. Nope, later. 97. Later. later. 99. Yes. 1999. June 3rd, 1999, and it was on our favourite CD-ROM ROM. Format. Super Super CD ROM. No, was su- it? it was, to be fair, Super Dead of the CD Brain ROM. 3, was it? The long awaited? Dead of the Brain parts 1 and 2. We're still waiting for part 3. Oh. Right? oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we, it was really, this is a weird one because we can't even talk about what we thought at the time. No. If we just weren't it's an even enigma. aware. It was an enigma. Um, so, we have to go to the magazines for their mm. opinions on the console at the time. Ace magazine in 1990 praised the console's library, stating that compared to all the popular consoles, the PC Engine is way out in front in terms of the range and quality of its racing games. No. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't get that. I um, played the emulated version of Power Drift. You might like the PC uh, Engine see, I've version not played of Power that. Drift. It doesn't go up and down as much, yeah. but it's still right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. See, on the mini, there's only a couple of really basic racing there's uh, one called motor yeah, racer and it's yeah. it's pretty poor i mean it sounds pretty poor from that name. yeah exactly it's yeah. quite like generic yeah um it's like if you would play like a football game and the game the name of the game was called soccer yeah <laughs> do you want to have a game of soccer which one soccer, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um in 1993 game pro reviewing the turbo duo model gave it a thumbs down oh Ooh. They praised the system CD sound graphics and five player capability. Um, they criticized the outdated controller and games library, saying the third party support was almost non-existent and that most of the first party games were localizations of games better suited to the Japanese market. But yeah, apparently, uh, that has the only five player version of Bomberman. There you PC go. Engine. Being mm. a Hudson Soft product, that's not surprising. Yeah. Um, they love a Bomberman. 
However, in 2009, the TurboGrafx-16 was ranked the 13th greatest video game console of all time by IGN. Wow. Citing a solid catalogue of games worth playing. What, what did it... What, did we know what it beat? <laughs> yeah, good question. 12 other consoles. <laughs> In 2009? No, the, I 12, mean, what did it beat? 12 yeah. of the ones that beat that. Yeah. What, did it finish oh, what did it beat? So, what did it beat? Don't tell me Jaguar. It was... I uh, I and they mentioned it, Jaguar. It Drink. Was, Everyone has a drinking game. There's, no way, there's no way Drink. the Jaguar is in that top 12, let's be honest. No, no. Come oh. On, come on, be honest with yourself. <laughs> Just be honest with yourself, Agent. Be honest with yourselves <laughs> honest. and each other. <laughs> was the Amiga CD32 a separate console? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was before PlayStation, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm Rob. Well, I'm Rob. Pub landlord quiz loser. Was, what you, oh, that, that there was you like, go. That, so he was wrong. That was 93, wasn't it? I want to yeah, say. So, CD32. Yeah. That was the first well CD, fully CD-based games console. Do you want to name and shame this pub quiz, Rob? Yeah. Name and shame them. Not particularly. Okay, oh. fair enough. I thought I'd give you the opportunity. Actually, mentioning the Jaguar there was a nice little segue. So, even though it was marketed as a... 16-bit console. It's 8-bit, isn't it? It's modified 8-bit. The Turbo Graphics slash PC Engine is technically an 8-bit console. So your nice Jag segue is another kick in the teeth well, of Jaguar, my co- It was to say this controversy over bit-width marketing strategy reappeared with the advent of Ugh. the Atari Jaguar console. Which is a 32-bit console. Which isn't a 64-bit console. Is it, <laughs> Ugh. Do, do the math. Do, do the, the math. math. <laughs> Two thir- 32-bit processors, add them together. <laughs> do yeah. the math. Add them yep. together, 64-bit. Also, I picked up a little factoid that Ooh. you might like. I typed this out. Interesting factoid. Mattel did not market its 1979 Intellivision system with bit width, even though it used a 16-bit CPU. No way. So the Was that the first 16-bit? The, yeah. Wow. The Intellivision could have called itself a 16-bit console. How dumb are they? Oh. But back then it wasn't. It they didn't, didn't matter. Want to scare. No one cared. They didn't want to scare customers. Oh, that's too many futuristic. bits. Yeah. <laughs> too many bits. <laughs> I can't handle those bits. Was Tom Kalinsky at Mattel when they when they had the Intellivision? Nineteen seventy nine. Making my, my in my head. Uh, maybe he could have a clanger top. No, I think he. No, I think he. But it, I mean, but in nineteen seventy nine, it wouldn't have meant anything to anyone, would it? Nah. Oh, this is a sixty. What does that mean? I'll How tell you who would, I'd love to hear the opinion of. Maybe we can try and get him on the podcast one day because Kanye West. Likes a little bit of a Turbo Graphics. Apparently so. He's, he's agreed in principle to be our 200th <laughs> podcast guest, In principle. In, prin- in principle. As in, we haven't even asked him yet, but in principle he's agreed. <laughs> I mean, he, he hasn't maybe, agreed personal terms. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't said no. no. I mean, like, he is in the middle of a presidential run, so I don't know if he's really going to have Has that he dropped much time. Out? Has he? I thought he's already dropped out. At no? time of recording? Yes, at time of recording. Okay. Well, well. Bigger, bigger news than that, Rob, is I know which is his favourite Turbo Graphics game. He tweeted about it many moons ago, truthfully. Do you want to have a guess? Is this real? Street Fighter 2? Apparently, I've got it here. I've got a tweet in front of me. Bonk's Adventure. <laughs> no, no. It was... Um, dead Brain then 1, 2. <laughs> dead Brain Parts 1 and Death of Dead of the Brain? Parts dead 1 and 2. Brain, death yes. of the Brain no, I think it's one. a game you like, Keith. I think you mentioned it earlier to me. No. Lords of Thunder. No. It's Splatterhouse. <laughs> two words that rhyme kind of each other. Kind Splatter, Splatter. Actually, they kind of rhyme. Blazing Lasers. Blazing okay. Lasers. Blazing Lasers. That's a good shoot. He said, he, apparently, this is a quote. Uh, he says, Blazing Lasers was probably my favourite game on the console. And he, he, he is a notorious a big fan, isn't he, of the Turbo Graphics yes. 16. And I think he was a bit of an Amiga fan as well back in the day. And you can, I think. Is this he, what made him go mad? 
Well, maybe. Um, I love he said that, isn't he? As if we, we had even heard anything about this <laughs> yeah. before the episode, before you brought it up. Yeah. No, Kanye West, you can say a lot about him, uh, but he's a huge name in music, and apparently he wanted to write an album, didn't he? Or he was working on an album, and it was going to be titled Graphics 16. I mean, it's not shocking. Like, if you kind of see the aesthetics of, like, his album names... And like kind of the stuff, especially I think in the last, like 808 Heartbreaks, like mm. that kind of era. <clears throat> and you know, top 10, possibly top five hip hop producers of all time. Yeah. And um, maybe the best pop producer of the last 20 years. You know, even like putting apart, like putting We're all nodding, but stuff, you can't hear us. Well, yeah, like, even <laughs> like putting, you know, putting like all this personal stuff in the background, man, he's incredibly talented. Yes, yeah, good making some good music. But nodding, it's, the, still nodding. The, the album hasn't been released yet, so we have to sort of. Um, we have to give him a nudge. Can yeah. you just like, yeah, just send him a like a picture of a turbo? It would have been cool if it had had like song titles with like some of the games and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, blazing mm, lasers, Bonk's revenge, Bonk's revenge. Yeah, <laughs> blazing lasers would be in there, wouldn't it? Definitely, I think so. Or Kanye's lasers, <laughs> yeah. or blazing Kanye's, <laughs> blazing Kanye's. <laughs> yep. Um, well, we can talk about tweets and stuff a bit later. If you yeah, like. yeah, we can. Sorry, we can. I'm interrupting right. you. Sorry, Sorry, no. I was just going to ponder now. It doesn't take much pondering. But why do we think that the TurboGrafx 16 slash PC Engine wasn't a massive success? Lack of marketing. Lack yeah. of games. Lack of marketing. Um, the ridiculous, and it is ridiculous, amount of hardware variations. I yeah, mean, they're it, it really just, taking the mickle with that. Yeah. They? And I, you know, I know it was a lot to sort of read out there and people listening to the podcast were like, uh, but it's kind of to make a point. Yeah. Like you're listening to it and it's just, what, what, how, how, how can Why anyone, they do I this? don't think by just the end, make it to PC engine by the end, any Sell it the same. didn't even know how many there were. Do you know what actually I think like may have been the biggest factor of it not selling mm. is Nintendo, like Nintendo getting Street Fighter 2 for the snares. Mm-hmm. That's not on there and TurboGrafx is the only Street Fighter 2 version. On a home console, I think you're looking at maybe a different story. Yeah, if it was the only one. Apparently, it's a really good port. It, it, yeah, it is a good version. Supposedly. But then, obviously, you need the six-button joypad to play properly. You can't yes. really play with the two-button. I can't remember which version that came with, but there was one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. you, they did release The TurboGrafx graphics PC Engine Squared. Yeah. I know you mentioned one earlier with the six-button joypad. Yeah, yeah. They did, they did. yeah, which one was it? I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> there was a busy engine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, bad marketing, diff- too many variations. Too many variations. Some dodgy- they had the third party support, though. This is the thing, apparently, isn't it? They yeah. had apparently the third Konami, party support. Um, you think Cop- about a Capcom, game, everyone. A game like Castlevania X, Rondo's, Rondo's of Blood. Blood, yeah. Massive game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only 16 bit console you can play it on. Yep. Um, there was obviously some dodgy business decisions there, as we mentioned. You know, agreeing to pay Hudson Soft for every console produced. What were they thinking? Not every console, you know. It you know. do it after they've sold, mate. I just like. Oh, mm. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um, well, I'm guessing Hudson Soft probably didn't have the money to actually produce all those consoles up front, so well, it kind of made. It was NEC that did it, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, NEC Hudson Soft made developed them. the technology. Yeah, but then why why is it Hudson Soft's fault that they produced so many? It's, it's not, not but we're saying, why did NEC decide we're to NEC, pay yeah, Hudson yeah. Soft for every? Yeah. Pre- why didn't Hudson Soft make twenty billion? Yeah, start? why didn't make twenty billion for more? So everyone in the world had, could <laughs> so have they had to almost pay four each. Every family in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. So it is. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. Um, but it gives us new and interesting things to discover now. <laughs> That's it. So you know, there is and that. then we and we made you go Bad and get that NEC. mini. 
We're like, Keith, go and get that yeah. mini so you can try we some we games. We bullied you. We bullied <laughs> Bad you. Bad for NEC, good for Hudson Soft. Yeah. And now good for us. Yeah. Good uh, for Kanye West because he's run out of ideas good about for Kanye, names. Yep. He's got one now. Yeah. <laughs> um, games. We haven't really mentioned games at all. Yeah. So we should probably do that a little bit. Yeah, go on then. Um, graphically, now you guys have actually had a, a look at some of the games running on the mini and there's quite a contrast. Um, between some of the older games, some of the CD-based games. And even, it's kind of people, I think people who are aware of it kind of see it as a like a bridging console mm-hmm. between the 8-bit and the 16-bit. Um, a 12-bit, if you will. If you will. Uh, if you good will. maths on the fly, maths. <laughs> yeah, quick we maths. get better at maths, don't we? Getting, <laughs> yeah. You do the math. Says the business teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think when you look at it, um, visually, a lot of the games compare favorably with the Mega Drive and SNES mm-hmm. and the Amiga, especially the CD-based ones. Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse? Splatterhouse. It's Scottish version of Splatterhouse. That's just for you, Stewie. On yeah, that's the Scottish version of Splatterhouse. Very nice. Looks great. It looks as good as Splatterhouse 2 on the Mega Drive. Yeah, so. I think we were playing it earlier and we were talk we were like kind of saying that the stuff in the basic PC engine games looks like kind of early sixteen bit. Yeah. But uh like late si- eight bit. Yeah. Late, but like late, late no, I'd bit. say like late sixteen, like kind of Altered Beast, like that mm. kind of yeah. that era of, of Sega like Revenge Shinobi, that kind of thing. But I think man, the C D ones you could see a massive step yeah. up. That Absolutely. you're looking at I think probably better than Snares and Mega Drive, I'd say. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of stuff we were looking we're at. We're not as definitely. good as a Mega CD. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, which I, something I think is really cool as well, that you get the benefit of on the Mini, um, but if you had a CD ROM-ROM at the time, is seeing these very sort of 8-16-bit graphics, but accompanied by full CD sound, mm. which we didn't get until you either got a Mega CD, if you were rich at the time, or playstation or saturn or an amiga cd32 or, or an amiga cd32 <laughs> yeah um and there's some really sort of incredible soundtracks on there you know the one for ronda of blood's really good lords of thunder which i'll show you guys later it's got an amazing like heavy metal soundtrack it's really, really cool um any idea what, what is blazing lasers anyway is that a shoot blazing lasers is like a space shoot map. okay standard. have you played it or? uh i think i've had a quick blast yeah okay Yes, it's not bad. Blast, pardon, pardon, pardon. No. Yeah. Um, any ideas how many games were released officially during the lifespan of 300. the many, many, hmm? 300. 300. More. More? More, I say. <laughs> Guesses. 301. <people>. 450. <laughs> More. Eight? A thousand? Less. Oh. Okay. A thousand? <laughs> it's gone a while. Over 686 games. Yeah, man, it had the support. Seriously, oh my god, so many games and so over 686. So uh, 686. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know why you're so specific. Yeah. But it's amazing considering it was out that long and had that many games that didn't really sell that many consoles. It's, that's, it is med- that it seems is like a huge amount so considering the console sales. 12 years, um, between the console, the original being launched and the last game. So yeah. 867 divided by 12. 686. Six, six, we're getting worse at maths. 686 divided by 12. That gives us, I don't know what the average would be. Oh, but a game's released yeah, per year. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 50-ish. Uh, there more, you go. Quick maths. Estimated maths. <laughs> uh, it's 57 point something. There you go. Always round up. Estimated so quick maths. Nice. Um, okay, so now ordinarily, if we were doing a console-based episode, we'd all talk about our favourite games. Oh, I love um, it. We play yeah, so many hours. Yeah, of so many hours. Of we're like, huh. Box adventure. <laughs> Um, but we can't do that this time. So I will talk a little bit about some of my favorites out of the ones I've had a quick go of on the mini. Um, but 
before we do that, I thought we'd kind of get a flavour of games that are generally regarded to be the best, mm. even though we haven't played. So I managed to find uh, an article that Retro Gamer magazine published back in 2014, and this is the top 10 PC Engine games. Go on, hit me. Um, have you got any ideas what might be on it? Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. Okay, let's do this again. Weird shoot 'em ups that I can't pronounce. Like, R-Type. Definitely R-Type. At least Didn't... one Bomberman, probably. Okay, so the f- Castlevania, one... if that counts. Rondo of Blood. There. Yeah, Rondo of Blood. Good shouts. So the first, these weren't in any order. Um, R-Type. Mm. Um, so some of these comments here, some of these comments are from Retro Gamers' opinion. Mm. So not the opinions of the Arcade Attack podcast. What does R stand for? Have you learned, Keith? You know, no. Ray, Ray type, Ray type. You're learning. Um, I just yeah. Let's prove that I listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, Why don't they just call it Ray type? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, R type regarded as possibly the best port of an arcade classic. Um, with an, uh, you know another game with an incredible soundtrack. I've also made a note next to these which ones are on the mini as well. That one's on the mini. Oh well done. Splatterhouse Tick. on the mini. On the mini. Tick. Gekisha Boy. Splatterhouse. Now this sounds interesting, and it's not on the mini. Oh. And this made their top ten. It sounds really weird. So. Gekisha Boy translates as Photo Boy. Um, and this is a game where you play as a budding paparazzo, taking photos of various objects and events while avoiding obstacles. Um, it sounds weird, but supposedly one of the best looking games on the console. Oh, and has nice. loads of personality, so I'm going to try and track that, track that down. It's like Paper Boy mixed with Pokemon Snap, isn't it? Yeah. Nice. Dracula X Rondo of Blood. Yes. Which is on the mini. Um, it's regarded, I mentioned this to Rob earlier, it's supposedly the best 16 bit Castlevania. Even better than Super Castlevania 4, and which the, I love. And the intro is in German for some reason. And the intro is in German. So it's a Japanese game. The subtitles are Japanese, but the voiceover is in German. Brilliant. Love it. Yes. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. <laughs> As good. Now, again, these are the comments of Retro Gamer. I haven't played it. As good, if not better than the SNES version. Su- superior sampled sound. Um, I have seen it running on YouTube and it's kind of amazing what they achieved on what is essentially an 8-bit machine. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this was hampered by the two-button controller. Not as hampered as it would be if you were playing on the Amiga. Um, <laughs> but you need then to fork out for a couple of six-button pads and a turbo tap. Ugh. So, so costly, the PC engine. Jesus. Bonk's Adventure. Bonks. Everyone's bonk. talking about bonks. You know, guys know bonk. Are it's like familiar, Chuck Are you Rock, familiar with bonk? Is it Chuck Rock? And... It's way better than Chuck Rock. Bonk oh. is actually quite a lot of fun, but he was the console's mascot. This guy with a big head, right? Yeah, he's he looks like a little caveman baby with a massive head, like Chuck Rock Two. Yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of. Chuck Rock Two's got the baby. But way more. His head Just is. He massive, had a little bit of a Mister Magoo look to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they're you know, it's known as PC Kid in Japan. Bonk was the console's mascot and essentially a caveman, brackets caveboy, question mark, with a giant head who goes around headbutting things. It's a series of fun, colourful platformers. Um, after the console's demise in the US, Hudson Soft actually made Bonk games for the NES, SNES and Game Boy. Oh. I didn't know that. Um, and I thought Sonic was a traitor. <laughs> um, Bonk's Adventure is on the mini. Keith. Yes. You thought right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Easebook 1 and 2, very popular and well-regarded JRPGs. Um, all I can say is that I've heard some amazing stuff from the soundtrack, but I haven't played them. Is it on the mini? Yes, oh. both of them. Yes. Play some ease. Um, Sere Senshi Spriggan, which is a vertical shooter from Compile, um, who made... Good pronunciation, we think. We think, maybe. Yeah. Um, Compile, who made a lot of shoot-em-ups at the time. Um, Musha on the Mega Drive. Musha. Robo Leste. Um, 
that's on the mini um this is another strange one it's called gomola speed um in retro gamers words there's never been a game quite like it before or since you control a caterpillar like creature that has to encircle food in order to exit each level Enemies are dispatched by surrounding them and can be stunned temporarily with bombs. It's one of the truly essential pieces of PC Engine software. Ooh, truly essential. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound that exciting, but mm. there you go. Um, um, can you, you've already mentioned it, I won't get you to guess again. So it's a console made by Hudson Soft. Uh, the last Man. game on the list is <laughs> Bomberman 94. It's Bomberman, it's basically. Bomb- that is on people the who love Bomberman. For people who love Bomberman. Not I. Rob. Rob. Um, yeah, I think the I mean, PC Engine would be a great little console. Yeah, we were going through uh, the kind of things. Mm. One of them was on the uh, like one of those little kangaroos. Are they like kangaroos? Oh dinosaurs? yeah, yeah. Little, they're like green kangaroos or something. Yeah, yeah, and like they're not dinosaurs; they're mammals, clearly. But um, <laughs> but I just thought like, oh, was that like a same game as Mega Bomberman? Maybe. And then the '93 version is similar to the SNES one. Quite possibly. Um, but yeah, there's a few other ones on there as well. I didn't know there were that many Bomberman games, but I suppose as it's Hudson Soft, they would all be on there. Um, so, I mean, in terms of what I've played, um, I was showing the guys earlier, and it's there's a lot of shooters, and I do like a shooter mark. You do. So there's a nice variety there. Um, Rondo of Blood is fantastic. You know, I love Castlevania, and do I enjoy it more than Super Castlevania? Probably not, but I think that's because it's harder. I can I can get quite far in Super Castlevania. Yeah. Rob got past the first level, and I just died two seconds. In you the died straight away. <laughs> Rondo is something I've enjoyed on emulation. Yeah, on retro play. There's a lot of ways you can play it now. Anyway, yeah. I think, and it's um, nice. It was the, obviously the precursor to Symphony of the Night, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, go, it was Ooh. the last 16-bit one before Symphony. Of the Night. And there's, I think, I don't know if I'm getting confused, but isn't the beginning of Symphony of the Night like the end of? Rondo of Blood yes, or yes. some kind of thing. Yeah, because there's a boss fight and then he takes away all your weapons. And then you turn into Richter, right? Or, I can't remember. But yeah, it's, yeah. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I love all these it, things. It carries on from where this one yes. ends. Yeah, it's very cool. I love this. Um, Air Zonk is from. Air Zonk? Air Zonk. Now, Zonk is like Bonk, but like a futuristic cyborg version. Nice. So he's got like, he's got Imagine like this. Imagine they made Chuck Rock into an android. That's where they went or a wrong. Cyborg. That's where they went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So Zonk, he's like, he's like a cyborg. He's got like a blonde mohawk, um, sunglasses, and like a part uh, cyborg Zonk face. Friends? I don't know. I, I guess they're like distant relatives, maybe. Zonk mm. sounds like a cool dude. Zonk's the cool version, yeah. But this is a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, or cute 'em up, if you like. Cute 'em up. Yeah. It's a cutie shoot 'em up. So it's a cartoony shoot 'em up, yeah. yeah, which is quite fun. Um, Lords of Thunder, which I already mentioned, that's a, that's a shoot 'em up. It's got an amazing soundtrack, and you, um, you're like a, a knight that can fly, and there's different types of armor. So there's like fire armor, water armor. Um, that's cool. Ninja Spirit, which is one of the sort of older looking games. It's got shinobi kind of vibe. Nice. Um, you play a little dude with samurai sword and, and magic and stuff. That's quite cool. Um, yeah, and the only other one I've really made a note of was Star Parodia, which I played with the guys earlier, which is um, a Hudson Soft shoot 'em up deal where you can pick between playing as Bomberman. Um, a spaceship or a PC engine console. I like to play the PC so you play engine console. as a PC engine console and you can shoot out hue cards or CDs. Um, <laughs> one of the, you know, in shoot em ups where you get like the little things that spin around you to like deflect attacks and that. Little hue cards. It's, no, it's the little, it's two controllers. They spin oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that is a proper cute mark, but it's really good fun. Um, and, uh, it's the, quite, it's quite easy, isn't it? 
the sequel in it, you can select up to 17 players because you can play each different variant of the PC. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, nice. Yeah. Nice. You got nice, it, nice. Yeah. Did I see Space Harrier on there as well? There's a version of Space Harrier on the TurboGrafx. I bet that's good. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it suffers in the same way the Mega Drive version of Space Harrier 2 yeah. does, like lots of slowdown and jumping. Mm. But it's not bad for a home, home console. But yeah, obviously, it's a name recognition game there. I and mean, there's not that many on here. Um, the one thing that is a shame, Snatchers on there, but it's in Japanese. Um, oh, that's that's a shame, isn't I it? I still haven't. So played you have to it. get it on Mega CD, pal. Two hundred pounds. Exactly. <laughs> still the only legal or you know way to play it in English, which is a bit of a shame. I have an illegal um, copy. <gasps> Tell the call the police. <laughs> I burned my own copy of it. Criminal. Um, I need to get into Snatcher properly because uh, people keep telling me it's good and I can't get into it. I'm like. Uh, uh, no, well, I enjoy Police Notes, so maybe I, I, the sequel. I would like it. Yeah, it's no, it's it's not a sequel, well, but it's off. Kojima's next game. Uh, so it's it's similar, but okay. it's not the same story. So I mean, that was we sort of come to the end, but I just wanted to talk about the mini itself for a minute, um, and still whether I would recommend it. I mean, it was ninety nine pounds from Amazon. That's the most expensive mini on yeah, the market. Yeah, it comes with I think it's fifty seven games built in. That's um, good, but there's duplicates. Fine. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Some are in Japanese and English. So you switch between the PC Engine games and the Turbo Graphics games. Um, but it's, it's a really nice little console. It looks a lot like the original. Um, the controller feels really nice. The menus are all really nice. Um, and there's a nice selection of games. It just, if you happen to be into shoot ups or mm. obscure Japanese RPGs, then I think it's, it's good value. The presentation's I, very slick. It is very slick. Yeah. I mean, it's made, it, you know, made, this was made by Konami. Um, I'm not sure why they acquired the rights to it, but there's obviously a few of their games. So you've got Gradius, which is theirs, obviously Snatcher, um, Castlevania, as we talked about. Um, but I think it probably, it, what it does do, and I suppose for a console like this, it gives you a good taste of the game, of the console's library. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, it's not bad value. Did you say I the, imagine... snatcher, the snatcher on there is in Japanese. You yes. can't play. So yeah. You can't, don't know so what you else can play going it, on. But I have no idea what's going on. Oh, what yeah. about the other it's... RPGs? Are they also in Japanese? There's some Japanese ones. Um, but also, so Ease Books 1 and 2 are in English as well. Cause I think they were fairly popular in America. Um, so I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I've, I've, I have read it, but I'm not sure exactly how many original games there are do you know so yeah. there's 57 games total I don't know how many actual separate games there are there isn't just a, a different language version wasn't that yeah. the number we said was released each year we... Rob's it's 57 point something yeah that's yeah. a bit of a weird um, I like the look of it dude the, 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 you select the games it's very slick the mm. games I played were very cool yeah like how would it. you say it compares to the other minis in terms of value um <sighs> This thing. So the SNES Mini was. It's got to remember about. Remind me about costs now. The SNES Mini was. Was it seventy quid when it came out? Yeah. If you could get one, I think it was seventy. And quid. And that was for twenty games, twenty-one games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or was it twenty-one plus? It was twenty. Was it twenty-one plus Star 20 Fox plus. Two or twenty? Oh, we yeah, got that. They tried to like, yeah. pitch it like that. Yeah. So that's twenty games. The Mega Drive Mini was how, what? forty plus Tetris. And so it was like forty-two games, else. wasn't it? PlayStation yeah. Mini had. PlayStation. The, that was something. the worst, wasn't it? Because that was twenty games, and it was that was a hundred, wasn't was it? When it came out, or eighty? Yeah. I mean, that needed to be hacked. Like you can't just get away with not yeah. hacking that. Um, but then you know, but then I, I picked out for fifteen pounds in the sale. Yeah. So that was all right. I think it's pretty good value. Um, 
if you've got an inch. Int- £180. Yeah, you? but if you think, because like I said, last year I was looking at buying a PC engine. Console on its own is about 100 quid. Mm. And then to play, to be able to get hold of that many games. Yeah. I think if you're interested in it, and have a, I would say have a, do a bit of research into the game library. Um, and if it sounds like this Plus, kind of stuff you're If you're European, um, it's probably a console you, you wouldn't know much about. Exactly. And there's whole new games. Yeah. yeah. And nostalgia is one thing, but these are brand spanking new games you've probably never played before. So it might exactly. give you something a bit new to do. That's yeah. what attracted me to it. Yeah. It was being able to play games, some of which I'd heard of, but never had a chance to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will, will probably come down a bit. I haven't looked recently to see if there's been a price drop at all. Um, but four hundred pounds, yeah, again, it's though, a little Keith, steep yeah. for a mini. Mm-hmm. And I, but I imagine again, people will hack it at couldn't some they, point, and you'll be able to load oh. it with every. Couldn't they give it a six hundred eighty-six plus over six hundred eighty-six plus? Games. Yeah. I just wonder, could they spend a, a bit more time, uh, just a little bit more time on it, and got the English version of, of Snatch on it, and and actually made it really careful. So every Japanese game they had, they could translate. Mm. I was just, thinking that exact same thing because it's pointless having that on there for us. Yeah. Well, that's that's sorry, that's the other thing as well. There's this isn't the only version of this. Mm. There is a Turbo Graphics Mini, I think, which was released ah. only in America, and there is a white PC Engine version which you can you can import, but mm. was made for the Japanese market. Um, so why bother putting it in on there if it's not completely yeah. unplayable? I don't really understand that. But if, it, if they'd done that, you know, like um, for some for me, one of the reasons to get the SNES Mini was like Earthbound. If you yeah. want to play that on the Super Nintendo, yeah. you're looking at what 150 quid is it? I've, yeah, again, that's not something I've looked at recently. But the price of that game alone, a big title like a title that not yeah. people get hold of, that would have sold it. Yeah, so, or like Star Fox Two. Star you Fox Two. You couldn't play that um, yeah. unless you got the SNES Mini. If they'd done that, it would have made it like a must-buy for a lot of people. Exactly. So that's a shame. But no, I'm happy. I've got no regrets. No buyer's remorse with this. Good. Um, so no I buyer's would, remorse. I would recommend it. I would recommend it. Good. Yeah. So that was the PC Engine uh, slash Turbo Graphics. Now, I hope it wasn't too like laborious. Very interesting. A lot, lot of names and numbers and stuff, but it's, it's one of those we couldn't talk on about from our own experience, but... Do you want to hear some Kanye oh, West yes, based let's, let's shenanigans? Go on, yeah. go on. Because I just chucked out, sadly Kanye West never releases much typed and touted TurboGrafx-16 album. We know that. What other music artists would you like to see release a console or computer or gaming-based album? How about Three Times Azul by the Commodores? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? Azul wasn't only joke. on a Commodore. I know. Okay. I, I, all right. But in my eyes, he was the amigo. Anyway, <laughs> the comedy. Like, you know. Three times an alien breed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, not many people uh, commented. But one person, oh, well. it's quality over quantity. Exactly. So Tony Barnes. Tony Barnes, oh. Desert Strike Desert Legend. Strike Legend yeah. yeah, He said here, he's got three answers. Oh, go on. Stairway to High Scores by Led Zeppelin. Nice. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Coin Traversy by Prince. Yeah. And uh, Straight Out of Cooper's Mario's of Attitude. Um, oh, I'd, I'd listen. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, come on, yeah. It's a bit of a reach, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, Kieran Lucky Smith. I mean, he's a lucky... That's oh, a yeah, cool, Kieran. Yeah, yeah, He's a, he's a good, lucky. good middle name. He says the Ace of Space Invaders. Game ahead. Ace of nice. Space nice. Invaders. Yeah. Top marks for effort. Um, you guys chat a little bit. Maybe tell the Kanye West joke from South Park and I'll get the Twitter things up, yeah? Yeah. It's not really a joke. Um, it's more an ongoing uh, plot line. <laughs> Do you mean a scat? No. No. <laughs> Scat in a Kanye West style. Yeah. To keep it appropriate to the podcast. Oh, that's different. You could just talk about, as 
like the last Kanye West. Does anyone actually listen to his music these days? Nope. No. That's why we nodded quietly while you were talking about how great he was. Yeah, I mean, like I, <laughs> I to be honest, mm, I haven't even in, as into the last couple of albums. But eh, you know, he's I guess going through some personal issues. Sounds like he is a little bit. If I was Kanye, because I think it, he doesn't get a lot of time just to relax, I would I'd get it back in the retro gaming. Oh, Tell him yeah. to get his turbo graphics out. Get his hands on. And that's not a turbo graphics. That's not a mini. euphemism. Hmm? Could get a turbo graphics mini. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians is coming to an end, so maybe he's going to have more time to spend with the missus. There you go. Maybe they can play. Um, they can play R-type bonk, together. Bonk's Revenge together. <laughs> Bonk's Revenge. <laughs> um, anyway, this this tweet. Yeah, it didn't go very far. Sorry, Keith. But I did tweet. I said, what it's are you... Fine. See, what? people haven't got experience. No, they've got, they got no opinions. No opinions. But I did tag in Kanye West himself, but he didn't reply. <laughs> Yet. Yet. We'll let um, people know if he does. He hasn't it. said no yet. <laughs> he hasn't said uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I asked, what are your views on the Turbo Graphics Mini? Blah, blah, blah. Um, chip in your stories. Just two people. But luckily for us, Turbo Graphics 420 chipped in. Didn't he? Oh yeah, there's actually a, a user, Turbo Graphics Who, user. Who's that character? Is that Bonk? I don't know. You tell me. Who's that character? Is that a character from Turbo? It's Bonk. It's Bonk. So hey. Bonk himself. Bonk himself. <laughs> yes, I still you. He says, "My hope is that it will bring renewed interest in a set of great games that were oh. largely ignored stateside." And then Ace Gaming LPs, he says, "I feel like the mini series is more novelty than a decent collection." But Bonk has replied to that comment, and Bonk says. <laughs> What do you think are the most significant admissions? What games do you think shouldn't be there at all? And Ace Gaming LPs has not replied. Oh. Bonk's put him in his place. So, oh. Oh. Bonk. <laughs> we, we've just accepted that he is actually Bonk tweeting. Yeah. yeah, there's a picture of Bonk. It must be Bonk. Yeah. yeah, or maybe it's Kanye West's like alter ego Twitter account. You never know. It could be. <gasps> Bonk <sighs> is like his hero. Yeah, yeah. Could You've be. just started a gaming myth. Oh, here we go. Bonk is Kanye. Yeah, Kanye <laughs> is Bonk. <gasps> Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at KeithBarlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.